0: Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. On a tiny stretch of sand, near the southernmost tip of the largest living thing on Earth, the Great Barrier Reef, is Mon Repos. Less than two kilometres long, this beach is a critical landing point for endangered loggerhead turtles from throughout the Pacific. And Kathy Gatley is the ranger in charge, ensuring that this patch of turtle paradise remains their haven. In this episode of Streets of Your Town, Kathy tells us how she balances the needs of the endangered loggerhead turtles and the lucky few people who get to the beach to see this wild event.
1: In the early days, the beach was not as well managed as it is now. So everything's been put in place to look after the conservation for the endangered loggerhead turtle in particular, but all the turtles that come here, but while still allowing public to come down and have a great experience on the beach. So for those who haven't heard of Monroe, post which
0: is just outside of Bundaberg. What, what is so special about this little spot on the Queensland coast?
1: Yeah, well we're a little conservation park and our Monropo beach is only 1.6 kilometers long, but it's the main concentration nesting point for the endangered loggerhead turtles. So it takes about 50% of nesting for the loggerhead turtles in the whole Southwest Pacific. So it's a really important place for that.
0: And it's just that small, that little part of the beach is looking after almost that whole worldwide population basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, well definitely for our Pacific Ocean loggerheads, um, it's certainly an important place for them. Mm. We get around about uh, anywhere up to about 400 or so individuals during the last couple of seasons. Um, So yeah, what we do here is we aim to get people learning about turtles, about conservation. Uh, They also get some hands on conservation during the nesting season if we're relocating nests to uh, safer sites. Um, and yeah, hopefully people take those, uh, that knowledge away and do something in their everyday life to help turtles and other marine animals. So it's become, I mean, I, I was lucky
0: enough to come last night. And there were, it seemed like hundreds of people there. Now, how many people come through well, at the
1: moment? Uh, so each night our limit for people is 300 people, um, then we break them down into smaller groups to go down and see a turtle event on the beach, uh, so usually each season we might get around about, or a bit over 30,000 people. Um, so yeah, it sounds very busy but it works well on the group, we actually use our visitor groups down on the beach as a light block as well for staff lights. Um, so. Uh, People are here looking at turtles but also being used for a good purpose for conservation. The little torches that some people had actually guided the little hatchlings to the water. Yeah so when we've got a visitor group down viewing hatchlings we watch them come out of the nest and then we do a pathway to keep them in our pathway we use little handheld torches If we weren't here the turtles would use the natural lowest light horizon but just by using the torches it keeps the turtles in away from visitor feet so it's the safest way to do it and it doesn't interfere with the turtles at all. So yes some lucky people get the chance to do that. So depending on the time of year too you can
0: also see a turtle actually laying their eggs.
1: Yes, so we usually start off our turtle tour season in early November um, and we get turtles coming in ashore at night to lay eggs. It's a fabulous part to come and see, watching them dig the nest and lay their eggs and then cover in. And we really are extremely lucky that turtles um, are very tolerant of us. or, what the activities that we undertake, it doesn't disturb them. As long as we wait until the right cues at the right times of the process, then we're able to closely view the turtles without having any negative impacts. That's right, because it is a completely wild event. This isn't uh, like you've got the turtles on cue. <laughs> how
0: do you organize?
1: <laughs> how, how do you get? How do you organize that? You have spotters around,
0: or
1: uh, so we have people patrolling the beach looking mm. for nesting and hatching turtles throughout the season. Um, but yeah, it's a very good point. Turtles can come at any time. They like the darkness, so it's after dark. Um, nesting turtles can sometimes come ashore at. 7pm sometimes they'll come ashore at 1am so we can never tell what time it's going to happen and hatchlings usually start around 8pm and go throughout the night but yeah every night's different so some nights we can have no waiting time for visitors Other times we can have longer times. So if you come out, you've just got to be willing to wait for that amazing to be part
0: of a truly wild event, really.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get a lot of great feedback back that it's certainly worth the wait and it's something that people, it stays with them for the rest of their, their time.
0: It's not something that
1: really people can
0: see in many
1: places, is it? No that's the beauty of Repos. I mm. think it's on the mainland it's easy to access um, you can drive here to go on the tours so yeah it's something that um, is very easy for people to come and hopefully enjoy so we're getting a new turtle interpretive centre which will have great new displays um, for people to come and see so yeah we're pretty excited about that and um, should be in place ready for next season. We go through to the 24th of March, um, that's our last night for the season, so we will have hatchlings after that date as well, it's the same at the start of the season, but we always run the turtle tour seasons when we know that we're going to have something for people to be able to see. It must be amazing to be part of it,
0: It's um, this is really the busy time for you, do you get tired of seeing these events? You must have seen quite mm-hmm. a few of them now.
1: Yeah, no, there's always something new to learn or some new challenge to try to help um, conserve our species here, so So, yeah, no, it's a a good place to work and it's always a joy to see turtles on the beach. Is it just the loggerheads
0: that come here, loggerhead turtles?
1: Uh, No, 95% of our turtles are loggerhead turtles. Then we get uh, 4% flatback turtles and the last 1% green turtles. So for those other species, um, we're the southernmost nesting limit for the flatbacks and then the greens nest and the flatbacks nest in larger numbers further north and uh, offshore as well. So
0: what do we know about how they...
1: No, to come back to this little
0: patch of
1: beach? Uh, so we know that uh, when the hatchlings are in the nest um, they're getting oriented to the area so the dip in the strength of the Earth's magnetic field also while they're crossing the beach. Um, there's some studies done suggesting also that the smell of the first water that they enter So, they're getting all of these uh, cues as to where they are, and then if they're one of the lucky ones to survive to adulthood, which is around about 30 years of age for our loggerheads, then they use those cues that they gained as hatchlings to find their way back to the area that they were born um, to undertake their nesting. How far can they travel? Uh, The longest migration that's been recorded uh, was about, I think it was 2,600 kilometres. So that's probably a turtle that's coming from up in the Gulf. That's incredible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our turtles um, do much shorter distances. There's quite a lot of our nesting females live in places like Moreton Bay, Um, So a lot of people that come here from that area that live in Brisbane come up here to see the nesting. They're often surprised to learn that these turtles might actually spend a lot of their lifetime in their backyard down there. (laughs) And are the loggerheads uh, rare or or endangered? Uh, So the loggerheads are endangered Mm -hmm. and the flatbacks and greens are vulnerable. Yeah, so uh,
0: it must be... um I suppose you'd never really tire of that responsibility that you have here and trying to balance that with people coming to see that and to learn about the turtles as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, people coming to see and learn about the turtles is a really high importance um, because it's those connections that are made while they're here that, um, you know, it gets that respect for the animals happening and also a bit of a feeling of a sense of responsibility. Um, and so I think a lot of our folks go away with that. Um, Um, And that certainly only helps uh, an endangered species. And then when people are here, you know, we do undertake the nest relocations that I was talking about earlier. So that's moving eggs up to high ground. And that's a management technique that we've been doing for a long time now to give or to get as many hatchlings out there as possible. So if you're here with a group with a nesting turtle that decides to lay down too low where the nest can get flooded with the tide, then um, we get even the smallest kids helping to carry eggs up to the new nest and we've got a window where we can handle the eggs without hurting them at all. So last night we had about I think about maybe 30
0: little hatchlings got down to the the, to the shore and into the into the ocean Um, what are the chances you you mentioned so few survive do what are their numbers on how many
1: will actually make it to adulthood? Uh, Well we usually get pretty good survivorship from our nests here but it's getting to that adult age so it's thought that one out of a thousand hatchlings survives to maturity so It's not great odds, so that's why we work and we relocate nests to try to get as many hatchlings out there as possible. What the loggerheads do is they basically do a big circuit of the South Pacific. They end up over off the South American coastline. Um, Once they're out of Australian waters, you know, there's obviously other um, things to do with commercial fishing, line line fishing, uh, that we know some of our turtles are getting caught up on. Um, And there is work being done to try to address these things as well. But, yeah, there's definitely enough work to keep us going what
0: an incredible creature to be able to to travel like that and for us to be part of hopefully keeping them the few numbers that are there keeping on
1: keeping them going yeah definitely it'd be great to see Repos and other nesting locations still around for next generations
0: did we know about it for a long time like how long has Repos been known as this special spot
1: uh, well I grew up in Bundaberg and mm. it was always known as you know this, there were turtles nesting here so yeah it's certainly there's accounts back well into the 50s and probably earlier than that mm. um, where it's noted about the turtles coming here so yeah I think it's been a special place for a long time. Uh, Monropo we get nesting all along our Woongarra coastline but Monropo has the main concentration we have a, a southern head a headland that protects us from the south so we get less erosion And traditionally it's always been a dark beach but that's been slowly changing as areas develop so maybe these are some of the reasons why the turtles come here
0: so uh, is there anything that we can do with the light they mentioned that last night too and of course there were no flash photography it was very controlled as to when you could take photos which was great and everyone really respected that Um, what about for lights uh, nearby I mean is
1: there need for more regulations maybe or what, what can be done Uh, Well, we definitely, we've been running a Cut the Glow to Help Turtles Go program since about 2009, where we had turtles disoriented from the artificial accumulated light glow in the night sky. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, we've been working with council and business, but, yeah, everybody can help in those um, coastal areas by turning off lights that they don't need. Um, Businesses can turn off advertising lights. Um, If everybody turns off some lights, then it all makes that bigger effect. At night time particularly, but, yeah, and and particularly during that, that nesting, hatching
0: time of year I suppose.
1: Yeah yeah so basically Mm -hmm. it's from mid-October through to the end of April.
0: Well hopefully more people can get on board with that but thank you so much for telling us about this really special place. I mean it's sort of I think there's part of it that's great too that Bundaberg is now embracing its natural assets like this. It must be a great uh, tourism input for the economy Mm -hmm. as well people coming from all over.
1: Yeah definitely we get a lot of international visitors as well as people um Australia all around Australia as well so and a lot of people come here just to you know their main attraction has been come to see the turtles and obviously that has a great flow on effect for the community so yeah it's a very important part of so a little
0: hidden secret, but hopefully the word's getting out beyond the international tourists and we'll get some more of the local
1: Australians to come over as well. Yeah, over. definitely. We've been had lots of Aussies here over the school holidays, which has been great to see.
0: That was Cathy Gadley telling us her story of dedication to saving loggerhead turtles from extinction at Repos, the beach just outside the central Queensland town of Bundaberg in Australia.